0: Well, hello everyone. I'm John Paul, the Senior Manager of Public Affairs and Traffic Safety, also known as AAA's Car Doctor. And getting older may not be the most fun thing, but it certainly beats the alternative. But there may be a time when you choose not to drive, or maybe you're not able to drive. And with us are two experts, Michelle Ellix, uh, the Massachusetts Department of Transportation Registry of Motor Vehicles, and Kelly Campbell, the Program Manager for Travel Training Program for Paris Uh, paratransit for the MBTA and Michelle and Kelly thank you for joining us on this webinar today and for people who happen to be popping on or popping off we are recording this and we will put it on AAA Northeast YouTube channel where we have a lot of other interesting and informative information as well so Michelle if we could just start if you could we've known each other um, in traffic safety circles for quite a while but if you could just let our audience know sort of a little bit about you and what you do and uh, and how you work with the RMV
1: sure great thank you so much John for the invitation and it's great to be working with you again and thanks to everyone for joining us. So, so I'm the Community Outreach Coordinator at the Registry of Motor Vehicles, and I've been with the Registry for approximately 20 years, and my focus and forte is really older driver safety, traffic safety, so that's why John and I are living parallel lives when it comes to traffic safety. Today I'll be talking about um, older driver safety, and if you'd like, John, I can begin to go through my PowerPoint. of got um, uh, half a dozen slides, and I'll talk to you a little bit about older driver characteristics and how you can utilize the Registry of Motor Vehicles. The Registry of Motor Vehicles here in Massachusetts does have a really robust community outreach program, and we offer several free uh, workshops. So as I mentioned, today we're focused on senior mobility, so let's get started. Um, What I like to remind everyone, first and foremost, is that, you know, John, we, you and I, and most everyone else will most likely live seven to 10 years longer than they are safe to drive. So we're probably going to outlive our safe driving lives. And that is something that we really need to pay attention to. And I congratulate all of you for being with us today to plan for your Ability post driving, so planning for driving retirement has to start sooner rather than later. Um, studies show that women will outlive their ability to drive safely by 10 years. Men tend to live outlive their ability to drive safely by about seven years. So my homework for all of you is to, when you've got some time this week or next, make a list and jot down where the, where are the places that you like to. Um, visit friends, um, stores, shops, hiking, whatever it is you love to do, how um, would you get there if you did not drive? So what is your plan? Next slide, please, Mark. So let me just tell you quickly, older driver data. So the advancing age that we experience, and as John said, the alternative to aging is not so much fun. So yeah, we're living longer, which is great, and many of us are um, healthier later in life than maybe 20 years ago. Folks who were in their 70s and 60s, 70s and 80s a couple decades ago were not as healthy as we are now, so that's encouraging. But the reality is advancing age does often cause impairments that will affect our driving. Drivers age 70 and older have a higher Fatal, fatal motor vehicle crash rate um, per mile travel than middle-aged drivers. So the fatality rate for older drivers in their 70s and beyond is higher than any other age group of drivers. And that's because quite often when an older driver is involved in the collision, they are not able to withstand the impact of that collision. So the fatality rate is higher. The number of licensed drivers age 70 and older increased by 70% between 1997 and 2019. So you can see there, this is a huge population and there are a lot more older drivers on the road. The 70 and older population will increase to 53 million in 2030, according to the U.S. Census. So there are going to be a lot of us driving and we really need to pay attention to how age might impact our driving. Next slide, please, Mark. So older drivers, the good news, they regulate themselves. Most older drivers will regulate their driving. They put self-imposed limits on their driving. They drive less. They might not be commuting to work every day. So they drive fewer miles and they take fewer trips. They avoid nighttime driving. They avoid high traffic times of the day if they're able to. And they're less likely to be using mobile devices while driving. So that's all good news. And that keeps the crash rate low for older drivers. Um, Really encouraging news as well. Drivers between the ages of 55 and 74 have fewer reported crashes than the younger age groups. Now, that study was done by the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety. It was released back in September of 2020. And the reason, and they did that study over two decades, from 1998 until 2018. And the study shows that over the past two decades, from 98 to 2018, older adults have been taking much better care of themselves, better health, really equates to a longer driving and safer driving life. Better infrastructure was another reason why the crash rate was lower for older drivers, with better highway infrastructure and better in-vehicle technology. So that's a snapshot of older drivers, and it's not all doom and gloom, but we today really want you to focus on what's your mobility plan post-driving. Mark, please, next slide. So what's happening as we age? Well, mostly functional impairments of the culprits that lead to the higher crash rate. Because I said in the previous slide, ages 55 to 74 drivers, um, drivers aged 55 to 74 have a lower crash rate. Unfortunately, around the age of 75, the crash rate increases. And it really is due to these functional impairments that are on this screen. A decline in vision, slower reflexes and reaction time, a decline in our cognitive ability, and a decline in hearing. Now, those aren't the only culprits. There are lots of other medical conditions that can impact a person's ability to drive safely. Uh, But these are the most common in terms of age-related impacts. So drivers, the the American Occupational Therapy Association, did a study about why at around age 75 older drivers crashing and they really found that vision changes reaction time and cognitive ability really play a big role in safe driving and if those diminish our driving's going to be impacted what they also found here and you see on your slide is that drivers make approximately 25 decisions within one mile of driving. And that's on a relatively quiet road. That's not if you were driving down a main street in a busy town or city. Uh, you'll be making more decisions than that. But so 25 decisions within one mile of driving tells you how you are using your cognitive ability to make these rapid fire decisions to keep you and others on the road safe. Next slide, please, John, um, Mark. So please know that if a person gives up their driver's license, they can in in Massachusetts, um, the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles will swap out an active and unexpired driver's license for a free ID card. So if you're um, working with a friend or family member and talking to them about surrendering their driver's license and maybe they're reluctant because they feel like it's their only form of identification. That is not the case. In Massachusetts, we can issue a person a Massachusetts ID card if they voluntarily surrender their driver's license and we can do it for free. We might even be able to do it through the mail. You would need the voluntary surrender affidavit and complete that and mail that into medical affairs. Um, In the voluntary surrender affidavit does verify that the surrender of this driver's license is for medical reasons. And it does acknowledge that medical clearance will be needed to have the license reinstated. Next slide, please, Mark so these are a few resources for all of you and there'll be links and um everyone should receive thanks to AAA northeast and mark and john paul um you'll receive our powerpoint and um here are resources from the registry of motor vehicles website your health and driving safely goes into detail, everything that I just talked about, and it even includes driving evaluation programs. Uh, AAA has fantastic older driver resources. They're a wonderful partner of ours, and AAA Foundation across the U.S. has great safety and mobility information on their website, but there is an Evaluate Your Driving website that I um, would encourage you to visit, Mass Mobility Transportation Resources is another great mobility information source for you. We need to talk a great set of references for um, folks having a talk to their older driver or any driver in their family about not driving and to ha- how to do that without um, burning any bridges, let's say. And the Massachusetts Healthy Aging Data Report as well as AARP Livability Index, really can give you a snapshot of what's available in your community in terms of mobility options. And finally, I would just like to say thank you very much. Mark, if you'd like to go to the next slide, please. My email address is michellewith one LX E-L-L-I-C-K-S, at dot.state.ma.us. Please feel free to contact me if you have any questions. And also, please follow us on our Twitter feed, which is at MassRMV. And all of this information is on our website at mass.gov slash RMV. Thank you so much, John. Back to you. And, and thanks, thanks to your
0: You You brought up so many good points. And first off, it's the planning part. You know, people plan all the time. They plan to retire. They plan to go on vacation. They plan their grocery shopping list. But hardly anyone plans to stop driving. And the idea that you need to think about that as one of your plans, I think, is so important and, you know, certainly something you brought out. And the other thing was that um, you talked about how people are living longer and how the the population of older drivers and i'm one of them now uh you know by the time uh you know 2030 rolls around we're going to have what was it 53 million uh older drivers on the road and a lot of the reason because of that is as we're getting older um, medication is so much better and i think you and i were at the same event years ago and there was a gerontologist there who said something about one of the reasons that people are living longer is pretty simple, blood pressure medication, uh, regulating uh, uh, blood sugar levels, and cholesterol. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's causing people to, to live longer, and we, we, we certainly want to live longer, but also is that sometimes medication interaction that we have to worry about. So. Just like as if you were going to a new doctor, and sometimes they 'll tell you, "Put all your medications in a little bag and bring them to the office so we can check them out and see what they are just to make sure there's no interactions um, there's a website called Roadwise r x where people can go in and put all their medications in to see if any of those medications are going to affect their driving so again, as we look at some of those steps and plans, you brought up some really good points and and the idea about not driving anymore and knowing when to do that and one of the things that i'm counting on as much as anything is that as we get older we get smarter and you know i'm hoping that i'll be smart enough to know when it's time for me to give up driving and i and when we were chatting uh earlier about doing this webinar i i told a story about Um, my mother and my mother-in-law and how my mother drove till she was in her late 80s and she quit driving because her car was parked in her driveway and a tree fell on it and she said at her age she didn't want to she thought it wouldn't make any sense to buy a car and my mother-in-law when she turned she was in her late 60s she decided to give up driving and she was a diabetic and she would um, go to the doctors pretty regularly, and they always said she was fine, you know, other than, you know, keep her blood sugar under control. And But she gave up driving very early, you know, what seemed like very early. And a couple of years later, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And she knew enough for whatever happened that she said, I shouldn't drive anymore. And up until that point, nobody really knew anything, the doctors didn't know anything my wife didn't know anything she seemed pretty normal and again i think that's that hope is that as we get older we get smarter and all i can hope is that i'm smart enough to know when i shouldn't drive anymore and you talked about some other things about you know how older drivers sort of self police themselves and doing things like well i won't drive at night anymore because i don't see well at night or I won't drive on, you know, when traffic's the busiest during the you know, rush hour times or something like that. But even simple things as knowing that I'm gonna keep more space between me and the car in front of me because my reaction time's slow. Or whenever I don't have my f- eyes on the road directly in front of me, my foot's sort of hovering over the brake pedal, knowing that when I look back, if all of a sudden I have to make a quick decision, my foot's right on the brake pedal and i can stop um doing those things and again putting phones away and so forth um, uh even even older drivers can get distracted by technology whether it's technology that you carry with you or technology in your car and one of the things that when my mother had the tree fall on her car which um which for the next couple of years before she passed away Blamed me somehow for uh, having, you know, I should have cut down that tree a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, but the uh, when she when her car was um, when her car was totaled, um, she looked into some alternative transportation, and there was some things within her city that could get her around. And that brings us to Kelly Campbell and a little bit about. What you do, Kelly, tell us what you do with paratransit working with the MBTA.
2: Sure, I'd love to. Thank you for the invitation to present today. It's a great opportunity for me to to share with the community um, not only information about the MBTA, but other mobility resources that we all seem to be searching for these days. So a little bit about me, I am the program manager of the Travel Instruction Program. We work with the MBTA. Um, The name of our agency is Paratransit, and we hold the contract for the Travel Instruction Program with the MBTA. Services that we provide are um, group travel training sessions. We provide a lot of mobility resources to the community. We provide outreach like we're doing today. Um, We do a lot of partnerships with people in the community in order to build um, different resources and skills for individuals to take advantage of. Michelle and I have been doing this presentation for, oh, I think about a year and a half now or something, Michelle, maybe a little bit longer, Um, and we've had the opportunity to Really get out to all different types of communities and share what resources there are for them for when they do decide to give up driving or start to um, put those limits on themselves like Michelle was talking about. So today I'm going to go through a little bit of information about the MBTA accessibility um, upgrades that have been provided recently and upgrades that are ongoing. We're also gonna dive into different mobility resources that anyone can take advantage of. Today, I'm gonna talk a lot about the MBTA service area, but when we get down to the mobility resources, I do want everyone to know that there are resources in any community that you live in. And I'm gonna go ahead and point you in those directions on how to find those resources if you're not in the MBTA service area. So Mark, if you can go ahead and go to the next slide. So today at the MBTA, lots of accessibility upgrades are being done. Right now, more stations than ever are accessible, many with redundant elevators. All of the buses on the road are low floor and ramped equipped. And what that means is it's easier for individuals to board, not just with mobility devices, but also individuals that maybe have a little bit trouble um, stepping up onto stairs or maybe need a little bit more support when you're um, boarding the bus. All of our vehicles have automated audio and visual announcements. There's priority seating on every vehicle. There's benches at every train station and many of the bus stops. Also, when you're riding the T, you can find employees that will assist you. You can find these employees at many stations, There's call boxes within the stations that you're able to use. And also at many stations, there are transit ambassadors. The MBTA has a great website, and a lot of the things that I'm talking about today, you can find more information about on the TEAS website. So for more information on accessibility, the MBTA does have a whole um, website with pages dedicated to accessibility upgrades. Mark, next slide. So some key accessibility policies, reasonable request um, for assistance is is honored, whether you're riding a train or a bus, um, also at stations and at bus stops as well. Anyone can use the accessibility features that I just spoke about. You do not have to have a mobility device. You do not have to be an older adult and you do not need to be an individual with disabilities. Anyone can request those accessibility features. MBTA honors every, everybody's respect for privacy. They're never going to ask you why you need to use the accessibility features, so know that you shouldn't have to explain to them. Just asking for it will be enough for the MBTA staff. Service animals are always welcome. And also, if you want to get more involved on accessibility policies with the MBTA, there are public meetings um, that you can join all content that they provide um, is also in written formats and is translated in different languages as well. And again, you can find all of the key policies on the MBTA website. Next slide. Great. This one is one of my favorite slides because it really showcases how much the MBTA is improving the systems. Um, over the next six years, five or six years with their capital improvement, project plan. They're dedicated to improving accessibilities at 15 stops along the Green Line. This includes includes Symphony Hall and Heinz Center. They'll have raised platforms, they'll have brand new elevators, and also improved lighting, which is great for older adults and individuals with visual impairments. We'll have new red and orange trains. You probably already heard the new orange lines came back onto um, the track, so that's really exciting. Also, there's new accessibility training for all MBTA employees. And coming soon, we're also going to have a new mobility center, and this mobility center will have travel instruction and mobility information training available. Go ahead and next slide. Great. So this slide here shows what we call the MBTA Spider Map. The reason why we call it a spider map is, as you can tell, all the lines are intertwined with each other. This map is a showcase of the um, trains that the MBTA services. You'll see that we have the orange line, the blue line, the green line, and the red line. The T actually services 176 cities and towns. Prior to COVID, it was um, 4. million people. And that is with bus, bus rapid transit, subway, commuter rail, the ferry, and the ADA power transit service, which we know as of the ride here in Boston, in the greater Boston area. Next slide. Great. So what we're gonna do now is go ahead and talk about um, some important journeys that you're going to need to take while using the MBTA. We're gonna talk about how to plan your trip, how to receive um, a discounted fare, how to ask for help. I'm going to direct you in ways that you can find accessibility guides on the bus and the subway. And most importantly, and why you're all here today, is how can you find other transportation options in your community? So we'll also discuss the Travel Instruction Program as well, which is the program that we run, and how we can help you guys as well. So go ahead and next slide. Great. So one of the first ways that you can plan your trip using the MBTA is simply by picking up the telephone. You can call the number listed below here. You can talk to a customer service agent and let them know where you need to go. You can either give them arrive time or whether or not you need to leave by a certain time. If you need a stair free trip, please let them know, because depending on accessibility needs, they may guide you in a different way for um, the trip. Go ahead and next slide. Great. The MBTA also has what we call the trip planner, and you can find this on the MBTA website. And what this does is it actually writes out your directions for you. So you would type in where you're going, where you're coming from, what modes of transportation you would like to take, whether or not you want a wheelchair accessible trip. And when they say wheelchair accessible trip, they really mean a step-free trip. So you do not need to be using a mobility device to hit that icon. Also, you can say if you want the least transfers or if you want the less walking, which is really important as well. Um, It will go ahead and give you two or three different options, depending on the criteria that you put into the trip planner. And it's gonna give you a step-by-step directions on how to get to where you need to go. It's also going to include whether there's any um, service alerts. So if there are service alerts, go ahead and pay attention to that. Make sure you click on the icon that they provide. So you can see whether or not um, there's any elevators out of order, or maybe there's a shuttle that's being used for a certain um, station, something like that. So that's really important, and that will tell you exactly what you need to do and how you need to do it. Go ahead and next slide. Great. So the number one questions we get from older adults when we travel train is how can I get a reduced fare? So the MBTA uses a fare system called the Charlie Card. The Charlie Card also um, has a reduced fare And with that reduced fare comes an application process. You do need to apply for this. You can either um, be eligible for what we call a Senior Charlie Card or a Transportation Access Pass reduced fare, otherwise known as a TAP pass. The fare is approximately a 50% discount. If you are an individual that is legally blind, you can travel for free. You still need to go through the application process. Um, the Charlie Card store, which is located in downtown Boston, handles all applications and will mail the cards to you. Since COVID, they're doing a lot of online appointments, so now you can actually go online and register for an appointment prior to just going to the Charlie Card store. And they actually have the application online as well, so you can go ahead and get a jump start and fill out that application. For more information, you can go to the MBTA website, and they have a reduced fare page. At the end of this presentation, there's a few pages of resource pages that I'm talking about today, and it will guide you to exactly where you need to go. So go ahead and next page. Great. So the bus is the number one mode of transportation on the MBTA, but that does not discount how many trips people take on the subway as well. The MBTA has produced bus guides and subway guides. These guides will give a um, a step-by-step instruction on things you can expect while riding on either the bus or subway. It will give you some ridership information, how to pay your fare, some rules, etiquettes, and other accessibility features as well. They also have a station accessibility um, guide, so you can find out whether or not stations are accessible. Also, we have the subway map, which I showed you in earlier slide, but you can also find that slide on the MBTA website as well. All of these bus guides can be found, again, on the MBTA website, and I'll point you in that direction at the resource pages. Go ahead and next page. Great. We also have here in Boston, in the greater Boston area, um, ADA paratransit service. We refer to it here as the ride. Most regional um, RTAs have a paratransit service. Today, I'm just going to speak a little bit about the ride um, and how you can apply for this service. So the ride here is a door-to-door shared ride paratransit service. It's provided to people who are eligible who cannot use the bus, subway, trolley, some or all of the time. You do need to go through an application process and an interview process. If you do think you qualify for paratransit service, the information is attached to this slide. You can call um, the Ride Eligibility Center and speak to them about setting up an interview or finding out more information. There also is a ride guide that you can also find on the MBTA website, and that will probably answer most of the questions that you have um, about determination and whether or not you would like to move forward to apply. Next slide. Great. I referred a lot of you to the MBTA website, um, and so now I'm going to give you that website. It is www.mbta.com. Um, this website has been updated recently with the travel instruction page, and you'll find lots of information on this website. Recently, Michelle and I had um, created some webinars for older adults geared to, towards giving back your license and also geared towards mobility resources. There's also some videos on that website as well that will show you how to use the system and and give you more information on, for example, planning your trip or how to ask for assistance um, or how to ride the bus. So I urge you all to go to that website to find those videos and those um, webinars. Next slide. Great. So now I'm gonna go ahead and talk about what resources are out there if the MBTA cannot take you to where you need to go. So, the most, um, the, the best resource I can give everyone is the Council on Aging. Um, so, you would need to go to your Council on Aging in your community and you can inquire about services. They'll let you know whether or not they have any on demand community transportation services, if they have any volunteer driving programs, if there's any micro transits available to you. They'll also let you know what RTA um, transportation um, resources there are as well. In many communities, there's TNCs, there's subsidized rides using Ubers and Lyfts and taxis and things of that nature. So going to your local COA, Council on Aging, is going to really help guide you in the direction that you need to go for your community. Also, there's volunteer driving programs. Um, You can see whether or not your town is covered. And again, there's regional transit authorities. Um, Here we have 15 regions, so there's 15 different RTAs. So if you are in the Massachusetts area and you are listening to this, if the MBTA is not your RTA, um, go ahead and reach out to, to um, the RTA in your community. If you're in Brockton, it may be the BAT um, services. If you're in the Cape Cod region, it may be um, something else as well. So go ahead and look at those. Go ahead and next slide. Great. Another great resource is Ride Match. RideMatch is an online inventory of public and private transportation resources available across the whole state of Massachusetts. So here you'll be able to go onto the website um, and you'll be able to put in your criteria where you need to go, what type of services you're looking for, if you're looking for volunteer programs or if you're looking for private transportation services. And they'll go ahead and pull up a whole directory um, within, that meets your criteria. And from there, you can go ahead and call those, those um, resources provided and see whether or not you're able to um, get your needs met through the, the resources provided. Another great resource Michelle mentioned earlier, it's called Mass Mobility. And Mass Mobility is a um, agency that that will help you with travel training needs and also will um, be able to provide information on their website on different method, different options available to you. So for example, um, there's a lot of on-demand services that have recently been created and those information is available to you on the Mass Mobility website as well. Go ahead and next slide. Great. And that brings me to the Travel Instruction Program. So as I mentioned earlier, the Travel Instruction Program is a program that the MBTA um, contracts out to Paratransit Inc. So we're really happy to be able to provide these services. Our program teaches skills about how to ride the bus, the subway, the commuter rail, not only safely, but independently. We offer group trainings, whether it's to individuals that would like to ride Um, fixed route or to providers in the area. All our services are free. We're very flexible on working around scheduling um, and trying to provide the most up-to-date resources to you. We also have a Facebook and Twitter page, so you can go ahead and follow us there as well. Every day we're posting information on what we're doing in the community, individuals that we've been able to help, um, and also a lot of accessibility updates that the T is is doing these days. If you are interested in um, getting more travel training, maybe you have a destination that you need to go to and you're just not quite sure how to get there, you can go ahead and reach out to us and we'll help you with not just the trip planning aspect of it, but how to reach your final destination. Next slide. Great. And these next slides, I'm not gonna go through them. Mark is going to send them out. Um, But I do wanna let you know that these are the resources that I spoke about today. So you can go ahead and use these last three resource pages um, in order to find out any more of the information that that I spoke about today. So I'm going to end there. I know it's a whole bunch of information. Um, So if anyone has any questions, please go ahead and reach out.
0: Well, Kelly, that was fabulous. That was um, first. And I will admit, I have never been on the T. So like your very first slide you showed where the little girl was holding the hand of the person in the wheelchair, um, I need that help. I need I need someone to hold my hand and 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 I think the fear of you know you mentioned fear is one of the reasons that a lot of people don't maybe take advantage of public transportation. Um, you know nobody wants to be Charlie stuck on the MBTA. You know the That's, old song.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, uh, you know and you know have my wife come out and hand me a sandwich as i as the train goes by (laughs) so you know that's one you know certainly one of the you know one of the things and having all of these resources available and you mentioned you mentioned so much information but um some of the regional transit authorities and some of the other um local things you you mentioned brockton which uh is where my mother lived and she took advantage of the um the bat bus in Brockton and a lot of areas, whether it's even, you know, way down on the Cape and East Ham, the, the, I remember doing a program down there in the senior center, they had, they had buses, they didn't run as often, but that you could take, you know, like giving up driving, you just sort of planned your way around it. And, you know, my, my mother, when her car was, was, uh, totaled, um, I think at the time it was like $5 round trip within the city and $6 round trip within adjoining uh, towns around where she lived. And she kind of said that was expensive. And I said to her, well, you know, you got, you know, so much money for your car when it got totaled, you spend about $1,200 a year on insurance plus maintenance and gas. You probably spend about $6,000, you know, you have about $6,000 that you're not going to spend this year because you don't have a car and that could easily translate into a thousand trips. And once you, you know, and again, being an older person and thinking, you know, from, you know, when times were tough and, you know, $6 was kind of sounded like a lot of money, but the idea of being able to spend a thousand, you know, taking a thousand trips with this sort of newfound money. And I know Michelle, you also talked to older drivers about, giving up their keys and how they can save money by not paying for car insurance and maintenance and that type of thing, right?
1: That's so true, John. Yeah, and we also um, encourage people to start a transportation savings account. You know, that's I I and all the work that I've done, um several people have said, "Yes, I have I earmark, you know, I put a, put away $5 a week." And that's gonna be my transportation money. So so you're right, John. When we do give up a vehicle, we're not paying the the upkeep and the, the gas and the insurance and the excise on the vehicle and car payments. So so that is a it leaves us with money to um to, to spend on transportation, whatever that mode might be. Right. So but it is that planning, as you mentioned, you know, it, it's important to plan ahead. Um, and, and be in control of your mobility, right? To be, to have a plan, and and know, and that makes the transition so much easier, John, from driver seat to passenger seat. If you know, you'll be able to get around. And we all, t- the three of us, talked last week about, you know, this is not just an older adult um, plan. You know, I, 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 we've all had injuries that maybe um, I tore my meniscus when I was hiking years ago, and I had to stop driving. And I was, I don't know, I was in my 40s, and I had to stop driving for a time. And I was able to get around, luckily, because we do this as a profession, and I knew what my options were. So it's not just um, planning for older, you know, older, older age, whatever, later in life. We really need to have a transportation plan at any age. Yeah,
0: right? that's a really good point. And you talk to young people who think nothing of using Lyft and Uber all the time. But for somebody who's a little bit older, the idea of getting into something that's not yellow, that maybe not because that may be the last sort of uh, cab that they took was a yellow cab, and the idea of getting into someone's car. And even with my wife, who um, had never done that before, I said to her one night, Well, let's go out to eat. And I said, let's call a lift. And so why would we do that? We have two cars. And I said, so you can get used to it if you need to. And it worked out really well. Kelly, you talked about some of the um, transportation options within towns, and you mentioned door-to-door. And sometimes, aren't they sort of, um, when you look at these options, you might walk to the T-stop, it may be door-to-door, Are there any like door through the door kind of options where somebody needs a little bit of help getting in and out of their house?
2: Um, Sure, I mean, that's really why it's so important to look on the volunteer driving resources, to look on those Council on Aging. Um, Council on Aging vehicles where it's more run by the senior centers, they tend to help a little bit more as well. Um, And there's benefits to finding out about those programs. Older adults tend to um, you know go to daily living activities a few times more a week take grocery shopping for an example they may go to the grocery store two two or three times a week because they're not able to lift everything um, and get it to their door. So if they can find those services where maybe a driver volunteer driver program is not only going to help them um, get to where they need to go, but give them a little bit more hands-on support getting to the door and, and things of that nature. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is Michelle had spoken about um, you know, making those driver retirement plans. And the thing too that we wanna urge people is not to wait until it's it's um, the last resort. Taking those trips ahead of a time, even if you're not really going to be using public transportation all the time, or Uber or Lyfts or something like that, but getting used to the process And finding out, okay, this works for me or this doesn't work for me and adjusting that plan as you need to really has a lot of um, importance because you don't want to get into a situation where, um, I'll take an example of of a training that we did not too long ago. A wife had called us and her husband was in the hospital in Boston and the husband did all of the driving and so now the wife needed to get into Boston to see their um, husband in the hospital. And not only did they not drive regularly, but they never went into Boston driving either. So this individual needed needed some hands-on experience getting to the hospital to visit their spouse. Um, and a lot of this individual's fare was of the unknown aborting, how to pay the fare, how to know whether or not um, their stop was coming up. And there's a lot of apps that you can use as well. Um, And when you get into actually doing the trip, you'll find out, oh, there are announcements and it's gonna tell me before I even get to my next um, station that it's coming up and I can prep, things of that nature. And it it makes it a little less anxiety ridden for you, especially if you're already in a situation where You have to get to that hospital or you have to get to that DMV appointment or, um, you know, that grocery store. So
0: it's really. And and we I will admit that here in Boston, we make it sometimes a little tricky for people because, you know, there's certain names that we may have grown up with that don't always match what we think. I mean, the Fenway isn't Fenway Park, um, so it's a different area of town. And someone could get a little bit confused by that, but you're right. Knowing, being able to look and knowing the kind of where the stops are and where they're going to be, I can see how that would help a lot. And um, you were talking directly to me when you said something about, you know, your your spouse not going into the, you know, not going into Boston. And my wife and I have already had this conversation that if I ended up in a hospital in Boston. Uh, the next time she would see me is when I came back out. Uh, she already said she isn't driving in, and if, and if I have to be driven into the hospital, well, I better call someone else because she's not gonna do it. So, um, so the idea that um, there are these other transportation options, and because we are doing this webinar now and it will be recorded on YouTube and it'll be put on our social channels, um, And you know, both of you have been around enough to know are programs similar to what's in Boston with the MBTA and the Registry of Motor Vehicle Education programs, are they transferable in New Jersey and Connecticut and Rhode Island, where um, and New York, where people, you know, you know, it's the DMV and not the RMV, and it's not the MBTA. But are there are there other transportation options that that you know, may not be our websites, but they're websites that are easy to find for people watching outside of our kind of Boston area.
2: Sure. I'll speak to um, the regional transportation authorities here in Massachusetts. There are travel training programs and other RTAs So it's really important to know who your RTA is, um, call them, ask them if there's any travel or mobility instruction provided. And also knowing your Council on Aging, um, your local senior center, whatever state you're in, that they're the, the providers that are gonna provide a lot of information. A lot of the Council on Aging and senior centers may already have a transportation expert attached to their center. Um, I see that more and more recently with Council on Agings. And again, that ride match website that I gave you, that is the mass ride match website, but I do believe that there are other online directories in other states that you can go to. Um I'm not exactly sure of the websites for every you know state across the board, but there are resources out there. It's really just knowing who to ask. And I would always
1: start with the RTAs and start with the, the Council on Aging. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I'll just color,
1: add, Yeah, and I can add to that, um, at least on the transportation side of things, John, every state has a Department of Transportation their websites include mobility, transportation options. Another great resource for people across the United States, is NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website as well. So that's NHTSA. Um, and they have nationwide information, but also The AAA Foundation, as I mentioned earlier, of course AAA and all of the other states, they they have regional offices and they have information. Um, AARP is another great resource for um, travel options, driving safety information. um, You know, aging well. That you know, AARP um, has great resources. And another thing that um, we are Really working with um, AARP and the Occupational Therapy Association and AAA on is CarFit. So you know it's not necessarily a mobility resource, but if if somebody wants to continue driving later in life, um, look into CarFit. There are these great virtual um, driver training programs, and CarFit is actually help. It helps a driver understand how minor adjustments to their vehicle can make a huge difference in their ability to drive safely. And I know, John, you are so familiar as car doctor, you know, all about these, you know, the bells and whistles in every vehicle and how mirrors should be angled. I've learned so much from you um, how, to, how to eliminate a blind spot. So, so there are lots of national resources um, for both transportation, mobility, but also for safe driving.
0: Yeah, no, it really is and And you bring up such a good point that if we continue to drive and if we can continue to stay mobile, um, all the statistics show we're gonna live longer because we're gonna go to the doctor's appointment. We're gonna go to the social interaction, which helps us kind of maintain a certain pace and be able to do things. So the longer we can drive safer, um, and that's our goal is to drive safer longer, But there may be a time where we're not able to do it or it's not comfortable or it's somebody who just says, I've been driving, you know, driving makes me nervous, but now maybe they can transition over to letting someone else do the driving for them, whether it's it's on the T, whether it's a bus, whether it's regional transportation. There is so much information out there and just because you're getting to a point where it is becoming a little bit more difficult for you to drive or a little bit more mentally difficult for you to drive doesn't mean you have to stop living. And I think both of the options, whether looking at various things through the registry, whether it's giving up your driver's license and just maintaining an ID card, um, having a uh, handicap placard to make parking easier so you don't have to walk as far, or transitioning over even if it's part-time to public transportation where you keep your car and you use it for certain things, but that nervousness of driving to Boston, maybe you can do it on the T and it would be a lot calmer for you. So there are all of these options. And I think at the very beginning, we talked about uh, planning and it's not too early to plan to think about some of these things about what you need to do. And again, I'll go back to what I said in the very beginning. All I can hope is that as I get older, I get smarter. And I get smart enough to know when it's time for me to you know, think about not driving or not driving as much anymore. It took a few years before I finally admitted that my night vision wasn't as good as it used to be. And so that was sort of the first step. So again, before we wrap up, um, Kelly or Michelle, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
2: No, I think I'm good. I just like to thank everyone again. And if you do have questions or any feedback, please go ahead and reach out to the Travel Training
1: Program. Right, right. and I would like to thank AAA Northeast John, Paul, and as well as Mark, um, who's been great with the technical assistance. But also remind folks, you know, go on to our website mass.gov/rmv. And if you're not comfortable going online, there might be a few people um, who might not have internet access, right? Um, so, so you can always call our senior um, contact center. We have a dedicated phone number, John for older adults, 65 and older, and the phone number is 857-368-8005. So that's another resource Then, So thanks again for the opportunity. All right,
0: okay, I wanna thank our guests, Michelle Ellix from the Registering Motor Vehicles, Kelly Campbell from Paratransit for MBTA, and our own Mighty Oz behind the scenes, AAA's Mark Shieldrop for providing all the technical support. So, as always, wear your seatbelt and drive safely, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks.